is the Under Center Podcast. Hello and welcome back to this week's show of the Under Center Podcast. We are on week three of the NFL preseason. I'm joined by my preseason posse so far. Al is returning and so is Rian. Al, how has your week been? Oh, yeah, it's all right. Been a bit quiet uh, on the NFL front, but sitting dreaming of the magnificence that Geno Smith is about to bring <laughs> forth on two year year so far. Oh, Rain... Wait, wait till you see. Wait till you see. <laughs> we <laughs> all pro Geno Smith. <laughs> we may or may not bring it up, depending on the preseason. <laughs> as you said, Al is a little bit quiet, so we may bring that up. We've been having a little bit of a row. Uh, as as Dara said, <laughs> I'm living at the moment rain free in that head of yours. Uh, but we'll, we'll pack that for now. Rain, uh, we've been talking a little bit about the Panthers offseason. You're staying away because you're tend to get carried away with some of these hype trains and the Panthers have stood yeah. in the past. Uh, how have you found the week that was? Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was another quiet week. Um, we agreed to terms with a linebacker whose name has just escaped me right this minute. Key piece, uh, surely, if you don't remember who he is. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, he's a veteran piece who fits into that linebacker core that was really lacking last season. Uh, so, Justin Houston. Justin Houston is the guy. Yeah, okay, that's yeah. good. Um, so, yeah, he, he'll be a good addition. Uh, he's already building a rapport with kind of Brian Burns and the guys on the defense. Um, but, yeah, for, as he said, I'm staying away. I got, I got on the uh, Sam Darnold hype train when he signed back in uh, whatever year it was. So, yeah. Steering clear this year. You, you'd never quote it as a Seahawks fan then, Rin, because the delusion <laughs> has to take you away every single year. Uh, but we did... Uh, Dara hasn't been on so far. I think he's going to join us uh, in the coming weeks. He will definitely be back on the show in terms of talking preseasons at substage. And he's been letting me drive these these little shows that we've been doing. And in typical Dara fashion, as soon as we came off air last week he asked us what we talked about and he pointed out that we missed a pretty gigantic news story from last week that's kind of rolled into this week anyway that is uh i guess whatever twitter's called now x space jam whatever it's called uh and the rantings and ravings shall we call them of jim ersay have been highlighted because they're always there you could have gone and found them but they've a spotlight has been shined on them in this offseason he has said some outrageous stuff. Uh, most notably and most recently, he claimed that uh, if himself and Jonathan Taylor, the running back or current holdout of the Indianapolis Colts, were to disappear tomorrow morning, the NFL would not care. Now, I actually happen to think that that's quite pragmatic and absolutely true. Uh, Al, we're going to start with you because I suspect he was not trying to be so philosophical. I was more alluding to the fact that no NFL running back is that important that they're infinitely replaceable these days. How did you read those comments and and what do you think of the whole scenario? Uh, His comments are mad. If you go back, if you go back in his tweets to especially 2011, 2012, he sounds like a mad person. Sounds like he should be institutionalized. Um, I didn't read too much into his comments. I just think it was a kind of him trying to be a bit snarky about the situation. Um, but I think I think the situation has gone a bit too far. I mean, look, no one no one's gonna you know sit here and claim that running backs are the most important position on a team. 
you know, or one of the most important, but it is an important piece of a team to have a, you know, a good running back or running backs and, you know, a good running game. And there's plenty of stuff that feeds into that, but you know, a wide receiver or even in a lot of cases, a quarterback isn't going to make your team, you know, go over the edge. And it's the same with, you know, a running back. It's just a piece. Um, and I think the whole, uh, running backs don't matter thing is kind of is kind of gone a bit too far uh, with this because Jonathan Taylor was one of the best players in the league last year and um as well isn't um what's his name Raiders running back jo- Josh Jacobs Josh Jacob, he yeah because yeah. Yeah, he, uh, yeah. he hasn't been paid um and he 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 ran for 1500 yards or something last season um he was basically uh the Raiders offense because Derek Carr is well he, he's not good <laughs> yeah I think also worth noting that uh, no matter who the Colts play a quarterback it's not going to be a given it's not a known quantity right I think that Richardson at the moment is is favorite to take over that spot uh, I don't know who else do they have at that position at the moment who's he battling with in camp Absolutely no one, I think. No one. <laughs> oh, is it it's going to be him or it's going to be yeah. him? Okay. Yeah. So, uh, Rain, do you think it's worth pissing off? As Al said, sure. Maybe it is overinflated. I personally think for sure the NFL has hyperinflated the quarterback position. It's obviously the most important. That There's no really getting away from that. But to the detriment of, with especially with the salary cap, that money flows, right? It's not just infinite levels at each contract position it's all got to fit in the same piece of pie and so if you make one guy slice bigger you make other guys slices smaller if your offense doesn't have a quarterback like the Colts do and look maybe they do I know look there's a lot of good things being said about Richardson he's a dynamic player maybe he's going to fire but I think anytime same with the commanders at the moment we don't know what hell it's going to look like he's been fine in the couple of the preseason games that we've seen he did fine in the last game of the season he might get better he might get worse but it's an unknown and so whenever you're dealing with an unknown you want to have the rest of your squad as as pinpoint perfect as you can and and i think jonathan taylor offers that at the running back what do you think would you as a gm be kind of so well i guess jim ursay isn't the, isn't the gm but would you be so cavalier to get to jettison a player like like uh, jonathan taylor well, I think it's even crazier than that. He's not just looking to jettison this player. He's looking to pretty much, you know, uh, vanquish him to the vanquish him to the wasteland, as in uh, let him sit out a season. And I think that qu- quote that he had, where he was like, "If either of us were to disappear tomorrow, uh, the NFL would forget about us instantly." I think that was almost a veiled threat. Going, look, buddy, if you don't sign what we have on the table at the minute. Your contract is over, or your your NFL career is over. Um, I think it's crazy the way the running back position is valued at the moment. I mean, these guys are fighting for scraps when you think about it. Like eight, nine percent of what the top quarterbacks are getting, and these are the stored players in the league. Absolutely insane. You can't tell me that a running back has less impact or 30% of the impact of a high-grade wide receiver on the game. It's just not true. So I don't see where the Colts are spending all of this money that they can't spend on Jonathan Taylor, right? They have a rookie quarterback. 
the obvious thing to do in this situation is pay your veteran running back so at least he has that safety net there if things start going badly for him during the season. As you said, it doesn't it doesn't really make any sense, right? It's not like they're cap ties and that this guy's taking a big chunk and if they get rid of him now, it's going to be cheap. As I said, you, you want as many weapons around you when you have an unknown quantity in your in your uh, quarterback position and you want to make sure even if he is that on par with a top level wide receiver you want a top level wide receiver there you want a top level running back if anything else if your quarterback's having a really tough day what do they say you run the ball get the ball out of his hands don't have to make him any decisions you got a decent o-line in the colts still i don't know where they stand in terms of rebuilding a little bit but certainly the last time i saw them it was a perfectly fine perfectly reasonable offensive line so i don't know where i don't know where you're where you're trying to save that money and al we've seen it around the league with with other running backs and as well i guess i want to ask you before i ask you that question one just occurred to me there we're seeing it valued as rain said less than other positions and we're also seeing statistically the the attrition rate of running backs is quite high now we're dealing with astronomical numbers here numbers that most of us certainly us as a hobbyist podcast hosts won't ever probably touch in our lifetime so maybe in in the real world you might roll your eyes a little bit but in the business world of the american football these guys are being underpaid having short careers and yeah you can talk about how physical the line is and i fully accept that but guys are putting together eight ten twelve year careers on the offensive line it's very rare we see that even for the top running backs so do you think that plays a part as well in in this kind of slightly boycotty holdy out vibe that the running backs around the league are given and when we're talking about another example now in a minute as well yeah i think um i think you know the for lack of a better word the the shelf life of of running backs is comparatively to to pretty much every other position um i think i remember reading something a couple of years ago it was like an average of three years yeah uh, which was the lowest yeah. Um, in the NFL, which is hardly surprising considering how physical that position is. So, like, I I can understand the the hesitancy to to pay um to the position in some cases, but like when you when you have your Josh Jacobs, your Jonathan Taylors, your Saquon Barkleys, I mean, you, you're not gonna like be a serious person and tell me that they're less valuable than you know some of the receivers that are getting paid more. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, some of the receivers that are getting paid more in this league, and even some of the, some of the quarterbacks. I mean, some of the quarterbacks are making twice what these running backs are, and are absolutely stinking the place up. They, they twice have, twice you know. is absolutely an understatement as well. I mean, if you look yeah. at the likes of um, Jalen Hurts' contract, one hundred and twenty-five million. Like the top running backs in the league earn ten to twelve million dollars a year. That's yeah, 10%. I think percent. I think a great example is is what we talked about on week one of the preseason, right? When we were talking about Saquon Barkley and he signed his contract that didn't make sense to us, but we were looking at those numbers and we were saying that this, uh, the, the franchise tag, which is based off the top five, the average of the top five contracts at that position, that was only 11 million for Saquon Barkley at a game-changing position. He came back from the injury. He proved he still had it. You're expecting him to get stronger and bigger and, and go even harder. So it beggars belief. But, Rain, it it's across the league at the moment. We've seen Dalvin Cook also. He got jettisoned from the 
from the Vikings. Now that's probably more of a cap move. He's been in there a little bit longer than than Jonathan Taylor, if I if I remember the draft years correctly. And I guess I think we'll we'll play a little game with this one. And I haven't prepped it with you guys first, so sorry. I'm gonna put you on the spot here, but Dalvin Cook's a free agent. He's sitting there, one of the top running backs in the league. Let's say you only have to pay him eight, seven, eight million. He really wants to play. He's going to cut you a Saquon Barkley deal to make sure he's playing football this year. Where do you see a running back like Dalvin Cook land in this offseason? Who need, who's in need? If if these things are grown on trees, where does a player like Dalvin Cook land? Buffalo Bills. Link him up with his brother. Um, they're in need of a true three-down running back. I think that's what Dalvin Cook brings. Um, and he's kind of like the last piece of the puzzle there. Like they've never had a strong, consistent running back there while Josh Allen was under center. So I think bringing a guy like that in would be absolutely astronomical to that team. Uh, I just wondered out if they have the cap space there to, to make that happen. Yeah, that, that to me strikes me because obviously anytime you talk about running backs, the Buffalo Bills have stood out. About two, three years ago, it was really evident that a running game really limited them. Last year, I don't know, maybe I guess everyone has their own opinions. But uh, Al, where do you think that Dalvin Cook would be a good fit for? I mean, I guess kind of anywhere, but where, where would you kind of see him land? Honestly, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. There's so Seattle, many teams they've got that... nobody at the moment. Kenneth Walker, <laughs> a load of bums. Walker is like a six. Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet, him they're bums. healthy now. It's all good. Um, are and... they healthy? Are they yeah, really yeah, healthy? yeah. In Seahawks, they're, for land, now, they're healthy. For now, for now. They're not giving, for they're the not Seahawks giving Pete Carroll the middle finger. That means the Seahawks healthy. running back room is actually perennially cursed. They cannot ever stay healthy. Remember when they dragged Marshawn Lynch back into the league? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the 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 Cardinals have the most cap space at the moment, and mm. to to your point, Ray, I don't think uh, the Bills can afford them. They only have five mil uh, at the moment. I mean, that's um, you get two top tier running backs for that. That's what we're saying. They're cheapest chips at the moment, lads. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think the Cards could be uh, a good landing spot. You know. Yeah, I'm um, trying to think who they have in there at the moment. Is it still Connors? Connors? Uh, I'll check for you now. I actually don't know. I mean, well, <laughs> that's well, not I'll a good check- sign if you don't know. Well, Al's um, checking that. James Connor. Yeah. Well, for me, it's got to be the Falcons, right? Anytime there's a good player floating around, because for me, like the Falcons are just shy at the moment. They need good players anywhere they can get them. And so, if there's a floating around running back, I, I, I don't even know who their running back is at the moment. Cardero Patterson, I guess, is their running back. Um, they drafted Bijan Robinson, who looks elite he looks that's very true and and i'm showing my lack of prep here i should, probably should have known that for there <laughs> yeah i mean i mean if you're atlanta you've been in a cesspool for the last like five years i mean even if you have Bijan, he's on a rookie deal let's sign dalvin cook let's not waste his legs early i mean like seems seems weird though now doesn't it like well if you're looking back you're like anyone who drafted a running back in the first round that like it's a wasted pick now because they're Apparently, according to Jim Mercy, so dispensable and so cheap. I mean, if you're yeah, looking like, at teams that have been in the doldrums and uh, have bum running backs, Carolina Panthers are pretty much up there. You know, Miles Sanders, fair enough. He's a three-down back, runs hard, has an issue with fumbles. Chuba Hubbard, the guy's a bum. He can just be gotten rid of. Cut him now. It probably won't cost you any money. And bring in Dalvin Cook. 
Yeah, I think the Dolphins could be a good uh, spot for him as well. They have the cap, and you know they they need all the help they can get. You know they they have some pieces there. Um, you know, absolutely no no disrespect to uh, uh, Hill and Waddle. I think they're a great duo, but um, you know, I think consistency has been a huge issue there with the Dolphins, and I think Dalvin Cook could help him because he's he's good as a pass catcher and a running back. And you can always, I guess, I guess I'm going to steal what I read today as well because Kareem Hunt is another free agent running back who's been going around visiting teams. I know he went to see uh, the Saints, so that also could be a good running back for or a good destination for either of these two running backs. I feel like. No, the Saints no, have right? too much there in Alvin Kamara, and they've uh, signed Jamal Williams as well. So that's a pretty stacked running back room as it is. I can't see Kareem Hunt in the twilight of his career getting any snaps there. Um, and I just don't think it fits the bill for Dalvin Cook. Like it hard, like he, he he's kind of like a lesser version of Alvin Kamara in the way that he runs the football and is a decent pass catcher out of the backfield. So I, ca- I can't see that being a, a, a good move by the Saints. Well, the Saints will be down Alvin Kamara for the first three games of the season. That suspension was handed down. Uh, luckily, he didn't gamble. He only battered in daylight out of someone, so he only three games. He only yeah. stomped on someone's head, you know. Yeah, it, like, you yeah. know, gambling, and you know, <laughs> it's the NFL. Results. So, yeah, the NFL wheel of discipline. Uh, again, a little bit nervous because apparently, uh, and we're going to talk a little bit commanders now. Apparently, uh, Eric the Enemy has has been a little bit hardy wardy on the useless commanders. Uh, for the last five seasons and the players are a little bit upset that he's making them run a little bit extra and lift a little bit heavier uh al you brought this up because you haven't really been filled in and uh, to be honest with you i'm only half feed in at the moment as well but essentially my understanding of the scenario is that uh ron rivera said during a press conference that some of the players were were commenting that eric the is pushing them very hard and that there was a a little bit of uh a negative sentiment towards that. I personally think he was saying that to try and big up the enemy and say, look, he's really changing the culture. Uh, I think it's going to, I think it's working well and that the lads are really pushing themselves. I think, and we obviously friend of the show, we came on the show. I'm sure you remember as well. We, I never got my commander's gear, but anyway, we'll let that go. Uh, but I think he was trying to, I think he was trying to push and say also that the players were, appreciating being pushed like they were noticing they were being pushed a little bit harder a little bit tougher this season i think he got his wording a little bit wrong but guys uh maybe i'll start with rain rain did you read any of this and have you have you any takeaways what you think maybe reading between the lines what was actually going on is this just a goof is he trying to rile some people up or uh is it did he get it totally arseways I'm not sure. Um, as a Carolina Panthers fan, I have a lot of experience with listening to um, Coach Rivera. Um, and from time to time, he has had the habit of putting his foot in his mouth, saying something that if you take the semantics of what he said, it's totally understandable. But the way he phrased it, kind of sounds like it's a little bit negative. I can't think of any specific um, analogies off the top of my head, but I do remember that happening once or twice during his time with Carolina Panthers. 
I don't see the players reacting so poorly to being pushed a little bit harder than they were last season. It's not like the commanders had a great season last season that they're they're just looking to build on. It's a team that needs to really, you know, pull itself up by the bootstraps. And I think that's going to help. I can't see, unless the enemy is like literally running the morning to evening, they're not going to be unappreciative of that. It's just different. And it seems like a good way to, um, yeah, to just kind of get the energy up uh, and improve that team's stamina and fitness overall. Yeah, Al, yeah. worth remembering as well, the enemy was like on a, on a top tier list for a lot of head coaching positions as well. So I think it's a real gift for Washington. What do you, what do you make it a scenario now that you can kind of filled in a little bit? Yeah. Um, I mean, he did, he did come back. Uh, Rivera did come back and he did walk uh, him clarify. Back. He, did, yeah. uh, he did walk it back a little bit and clarify uh, his statement. So I think it was just a, a, a case of poor wording. Um, I think that's exactly what the offense needs. I think they need to kick up the arse. Um, and I think they need to be, you know, there's more work needs to be done. I think they need need to be held accountable uh, for things. You know, there's plenty. There's 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 tons of of um, potential with that offense, but it just hasn't come together. Um, and any complaints that you know people may have about the enemy, I mean, he's what a three time Super Bowl champion with the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can say it's all Mahomes, but I mean, you know, he he was a good play caller. You know, he knows what he's doing. So. Um, I think uh, I think commanders are one to watch this year with the enemy. Yeah, I, I do have a complaint to make though, about the enemy. Uh, I saw on social media they had like a play up of like a play action, and then hell underarm flicks oh, yeah. the ball through the line. I'm like, man, you had Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. <laughs> hell is Sam not Mahomes. Hell is not Patrick Mahomes. So just yeah. cut that out. One, so one def- no one is one Mahomes. Yeah. So like you need like you see I've seen multiple teams try and like do like Mahomes kind of plays. Stop it. Stop it. NFL teams, if you're watching, you're not, but if you are, stop it. Yeah, I think you don't think have Mahomes. Like... I think hopefully that came out of because I know watching the, the quarterback documentary where they had uh, Patrick Mahomes on it. I know they used to do little sections of the session where the kind of the the guys will get to freestyle a little bit. Hopefully that's just a bit of freestyling. Like what can hell do? Can he, where's his creativity? Is he, is he good at doing kind of off, off balance trolls? I don't know. Hopefully that's, that's the aim of the drill. We never know. I think some teams do a lot better job than other like controlling what videos come out during the offseason. We've seen so many teams over the last two, three years, absolutely bury their own quarterbacks. Like, I don't know who's recording at the Cowboys uh, practices, but, Dak Prescott's prediction of less than 10 interceptions seems woeful at the moment because every video I see, it's just Dak throwing another interception, most of them to Diggs as well. So he hasn't even learned to like throw the other side or anything. You might be right about Dak, but I I do want to caution on camp interceptions. Yeah, they mean true. very little. I remember I, uh, Mahomes threw five picks and everyone said he was going to be a bust. And then now here we are a few years later and he's the best and i mean he he could be the best ever by the time he retires so i don't love dak but you know camp picks don't mean much yeah yeah and i think i think uh as well like they they go through all sorts of things like they force progressions and they tell you that 
which yeah. which throw you're going to throw before the play even starts. So yeah, I give him that break. But just to just to wrap up because we're going to leave it here. It's been a slow week. So again, guys, listening. If you, if you guys have any topics you want us to talk about, if you're enjoying the, these preseason chats, do let us know. We'd we'd love to be able to hit it up. We'd love to be able to put your comments up, some questions up, and address them as well. But just to just to wrap it up, yeah, I think. If you're, as a Commanders fan, as you said, Al, I agree with you. There, there's plenty of good parts in that uh, offense for the Commanders. The running backs are decent. We've got some good wide receivers now as well. The line could use a little book, a little work. Quarterbacks, total unknown. I'm absolutely not on the Sam Howell bandwagon, but I can't. What I love is he could be anything at the moment. We haven't seen enough that that pans him, and we haven't seen enough to say he's going to be great. I suspect I tend towards uh, the pessimistic side. But look, the reality is we had to play with a backup that we knew was not good enough for the last two seasons. So I think in that way, in that form for the enemy, the, the, the offense has certainly underperformed, but also it's been scrambling a little bit. It's been cobbled together. It looked very flat on the field. It looked very one-dimensional and easy enough for, for defenses to kind of get a hang of and really suppress. So hopefully this leads to a little bit harder running, uh, a little bit of sharper cuts and just a little bit more grittiness I don't know if it's going to maybe come together in a tight knit thing. I think you got to build that aggression first, that di- that dynamic, like hard working. And then you can see has hell got like those underarm flicks. Has he got that in him? Do- what does he have? Where does he play well? And I trust the enemy to be able to, to be able to find that out. But guys, Al, thanks very much for joining me today. No problem. Good to be on as usual. Thanks again for joining me today as well. You're very welcome. As we said, anybody has any comments, leave them down below on the YouTube channel. We'd love to to hear your input and also take some talking points for next week and address them for you. Uh, If you watch the show, please do like and subscribe here on YouTube. You can find the audio version also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else that you get your podcasts. We are on Instagram at Undercenter Podcast. We are on X at Undercenter Podcast. uh, And we're also on... Uh, Facebook too. You can find us there at Under Center Podcast. So from myself and the lads, thanks very much for listening. I will see you again next week.